Republicans would say the reason why they want to hold the country hostage for the debt ceiling is because they want spending to be reduced. They want to make sure that we that we become an efficient country, that we live within our means. We can't keep spending this way. We just can't. Yet, they're the ones who do the most spending or the most irresponsible spending because they continue to spend the same or more even as they give tax cuts under the false premise which we proved yesterday that tax cuts generate economic activity, which is a proven fallacy. But let's go ahead and show what uh, Chris Hayes came about with. Cutting the budget by a fifth, 22%, which Republicans have proposed, would result in, here's just some estimates, 80,000 students losing access to Pell Grants, 200,000 kids losing access to Head Start programs, 430,000 low-income families getting evicted, 640,000 American families losing access to rental assistance, 1 million poor Americans with young kids losing access to food assistance, 2 million individuals and families losing access to health care via community health centers, and many other terrible preventable outcomes. And while a lot of folks are talking about how bad these spending cuts would be or how catastrophic, truly, defaulting on the debt would be for the first time in American history, tonight I want to talk about something a little different because not enough people are talking about why this is all happening in the first place. And I mean, like, really, let's just go down to fundamentals. We're watching the story. Maybe you've seen it. What is this about? Why are we having a debt ceiling showdown? Why are Republicans threatening to tank the global economy and default for the first time in this country's history unless they get their way to impose austerity and cut federal spending on those programs severely? Now, the stated justification for the hostage taking, you hear it everywhere, doesn't make any sense. And this is really the key to understanding this whole thing. The sort of top line answer, which again has been taken for granted as the answer in most mainstream coverage is that Republicans want to cut spending. And they want to cut spending because they have an ideological commitment to cutting spending. You see that everywhere. Kevin McCarthy says it. The reporters, by and large, that report on him tend to sort of go along with that. That's the fight. It is simply not true. It is maddening to see it repeated because it cannot possibly be the actual answer. And this isn't speculation or mind reading on my part. These are just the facts, the history. This is an empirical situation. We know that cannot be the answer because we have seen what the Republican Party does when it has control of the government and is free to pursue its agenda. When Republicans control both houses of Congress and the presidency, what did they do? Well, they cut taxes for corporations and rich people, and they do that every time without fail, right? And that's because the Republican Party really does believe in that. They really do believe in cutting taxes for corporations and rich people. They really do use their power to make it happen. It's the one piece of legislation they'll manage to get passed, even when they're screwing up left and right. Did in George W. Bush, right? Did in Trump. They push deregulation. They make life harder for undocumented immigrants. They restricted illegal immigration. Sometimes they pick cultural fights. They tend to boost spending for defense. But one thing they do not do when they have unified control of the federal government is reduce spending. Again, this is just a historical fact. I'm not doing any mind reading. I'm just telling you the simple fact of the matter. When they have control of the government, they do the opposite of reducing spending. They increase spending when their party is in power, when they control the White House. Why? Well, I think because, in the main, government spending is popular and tends to boost the political fortunes of the White House and the president. 
in this case, a Republican president. It helps the Republican president get reelected. Axios put together this handy chart of government spending. The purple line is defense. The brown line is everything else. You can see it there. Spending goes up during the administration of Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush. And then it slows down a little bit. See that little flat line? During the Clinton years. <laughs> okay. Again, that's when Bill Clinton was a president. And then uh, after the, the, the House got taken over by Newt Gingrich, right? Republicans had a big budget standoff and they imposed spending cuts, right? And what happens? Well, then spending skyrockets under George W. Bush. Okay, see? See how that line goes up, right? Again, George W. Bush takes office. He's got a House and Senate, right? Republicans, they forced the country into two very pointless, very expensive wars. They also ran up a lot of domestic spending. And then what happens after that? Oh, look, it drops again. <laughs> Pretty dramatically under the Democratic president. And see the dip around 2011 there? That's the last time that Republicans were in opposition and held the House and held the debt ceiling hostage. The exact same playbook as right now. They demanded Democrats agree to painful, unpopular spending cuts or else Republicans would crater the economy. So, again, Republicans in power spent, spent, spent for decades while their president, they had the presidency, turned around, and pretended to care about curbing spending once Democrats are in power. Bill Clinton, certainly Barack Obama. And again, why? What's going on? Why are they not consistent, right? The answer is very simple and straightforward. They wanted to make it harder for Barack Obama to get reelected. Here's Mitch McConnell just days after Republicans retook Congress in 2010. For the past week, some have said it was indelicate of me to suggest that our top political priority over the next two years should be to deny President Obama a second term. But the fact is, if our primary legislative goals are to repeal and replace the health spending bill, to end the bailouts, cut spending, and shrink the size and scope of government, the only way to do all of those things is to put someone in the White House who won't veto any of these things. But they don't want to shrink the size and scope of government. They just had control of the government under George W. Bush, and they did not shrink its scope or its size. Again, you can't take what they're saying at face value because it makes no sense. So Obama was forced to strike a deal to get the debt ceiling raised, which pushed austerity measures that appreciably slowed the recovery from the financial crisis. It made the economy worse. It created unnecessary misery for millions. Also made it worse than it should have been when he was running for a second term in 2012. You can see it right here on this chart. The top line is how much the government was projected to spend during the Obama years. The bottom line is how much the government actually spent after the Tea Party forced Democrats to cut spending. See how the bottom line, the amount the country has spent, is way lower than what originally was projected before Republicans demanded cuts? But then you'll see something else. See how it kind of bows up there, starts to go up? It looks like the bottom line starts to tick up around. Drum roll, please. When could it be? Ah, yes, 27, 2017. Right after Donald Trump was elected and Republicans controlled Congress. What did they do? They started spending, of course. Let's go back to the first chart for a second and look at government spending under Trump. Oh, yeah, it skyrocketed. Look at the line shoot up. Non-military spending in particular went way up under Trump and Republicans. In fact, Republicans spent so much, partnered with massive tax cuts to the rich and corporations, the deficit increased nearly 40% under Trump. Again, <laughs> I'm belaboring this a little bit, but I just, I can't bear it, okay? I think at this point, everyone sort of agrees Republicans don't actually care about the federal deficit. That was the old excuse, and, and no one buys it anymore. Clearly, they don't. You can't care about the deficit while you're also pushing massive tax cuts for the rich. Untenable. 
But people still haven't really come around to the even more basic idea that Republicans, they don't care about spending either the size and scope of government. But that's what the numbers say. Again, this is just, I'm just reading you the history. So then the question becomes, this is a little bit of a mystery. Well, not really a big one. But the question is, if Republicans don't care about spending, which they don't, then why are they forcing a crisis over the debt ceiling? What's it really all about? And again, the answer is very simple. It is about asserting dominance over the Democratic president and hurting his political fortunes. I hope you guys understand that. And I hope you guys listen to what he had to say. And I hope you guys look at the charts. You don't have to take his charts at face value. You can actually see what the, what the different administrations spend. That, that data is well available for anybody to find. I don't go look it up at the government agencies because they're Again, Chris Hayes and others have already done the job. So as you can see, the real culprit, those who have con continuously blown the budget, meaning they spend but they don't collect for it. When, when Democrats spend, at least they try to get some taxes for it. But Republicans want to give away the House and at the same time spend like a drunken sailor. And they, they, they don't want the spending for the military industrial complex or all these places touched. It's important that we see this. So for folks like Mike Sisak, who are always talking about what's going on, sometimes it just makes sense to just do the numbers. The numbers will never lie to you. The numbers are statements of fact. So therefore, again, this is a farce. The debt ceiling debate is a farce. And it is time for the president now, if if he cannot get a clean debt ceiling uh, bill to raise the debt, go ahead and invoke the 14th Amendment and let the Supreme Court decide if it will prefer to let the country falter instead of doing what's right, instead of doing what's constitutional. We know already that too often they take that unconstitutional route. One hopes that this time around they'll do the right thing. Because if they don't, there's going to be a lot of pain on a lot of Americans. And I, but I tell you what, I hope with, if, if, they, if they fail and we get the pain on Americans, maybe it will be the time that we dethrone the plutocracy because there are a hell of a lot more of us than there are of them. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.